The Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hello, and welcome to the Kinky Boys Podcast. I'm Craig. And I'm Adam. And today we're going to be doing a little fun topic. It's not a fetish so much, unless douchebags are your fetish, but we're talking about douchebags you meet online. I don't know, bad boys are a thing still, aren't they? Oh yeah, and some people really like those arsehole doms. It's like, um, one is the straight cash dom on Twitter. Uh, If you're gonna escort... Do it properly. Don't just, like, send people some bitchy messages and expect them to give you money for it. It's not fair. No, but this is the thing. The guys that do it like that, and I hate that. I'm like, Uh. I get your thing is not having self-respect in this situation, but you can do it in a better Uh. way. Okay, fine. Whatever. (laughs) Rule 34, someone somewhere is getting off on it, so good for them. Yes, like minion porn has become a thing. Why... Why? Personally, I blame... Because Rule 34. Yeah. That's why, obviously. I I blame our friend who works at the company doing the promotions for them. Whom we are not allowed to name drop. (laughs) No. Oh, well, it's fine. He's getting punched repeatedly, so... Yes. (laughs) Good for him. Um, So, yeah, what should we start with? Shall we start with um, personal experiences of people we've met online, or...? Okay, why not? So, there's the standard douchebag thing of, you know, no fats, no femmes, no Asians, no blacks, no whatever thing that loads of people are here. And it's always kind of disconcerting because you're dismissing people based on either things they can't help but change, or things that really change so easily that you don't care. And there are some decent personalities out there that you're going to be missing out on based on, well shallowness. Yeah, this is what gets me. When people say it's just a preference, the thing is you're basically barring anyone permanently. Yeah. Rather than leaving, I have a preference for certain body types, but I won't say, like, I like larger guys, both muscular and um, bearish, but I won't say no to skinny guys if they're nice guys, because I get to know them and start to find them attractive. Yeah, and you can say to someone, I don't find you particularly sexy after you've got to know them. Sure, it'll be a little bit awkward, but equally having awkward moment then, still probably better than being that racist guy who's making everyone feel bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean... And who knows, maybe you won't need to say that. (laughs) I mean, this is the thing why douchebags are so common online, is there's a certain distancing from consequences. Well, yeah, it you is... don't get to see the people's facial expressions when you say something really horribly offensive to them. And they can't really say something back to you, which is the big thing. You're allowed mm. to stay in your own little self-contained bubble without having to face the consequences of what you say. Yeah. Of course, there is the opposite end of online profile drama, which we'll get to. Ah, good old drama. Mm. What would we do without it? Be a lot less entertained, I think. Probably. So... Yeah, shall we go through the generic douchebags you meet online through profiles? Go for it. Okay, the biggest one for me, people who bitch about things in their profile. I've read so many profiles that go on this big long rant about either the whole gay scene, or little pockets of the gay scene, or even worse, 
They name and shame specific people. Ah, yes. Flake shaming, which is apparently okay. I can kind of get why if you think that the entirety of meeting people online is about having a single prearranged date in which you have sex and then you go away. That's sort of the thing. This isn't a business. There's not just a mail-order catalogue that you can summon people from. These are individuals with lives. And yes... Sometimes lives are more important than you getting off. Yeah, exactly. Another thing, lots of them name and shame from personal arguments, I find, that they've had with these people. And it's like, why do you need to bring that out into the public sphere? Does it make you feel better being vindictive like that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Both of us are bitching right now about random people we've met on the internet, and it's making me feel a lot better, at least. I have to say, there is a perverse pleasure in indulging in this sort of thing, but it's... When you read someone's profile, you've never met them before, never seen the profile before, and you read all that sort of stuff, will you go and meet this person? Ah, your show of bitterness. Such a turn-on. Yes, because mm. someone constantly bitching and complaining is someone I want to hang around with. I know, right? <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by Hypocrisy. <laughs> uh, it's it's fine when we do it. <laughs> well, we're talking about generals and specifics. Generally, when everyone does it. Specifically, when we do it. <laughs> Context so, is key. Well, the thing that worries me the most is the... So there's a trend amongst newcomers to not really understand what the words no limits means. You have limits. You may not realise it yet, but Rule 34 runs deep. No matter what something is, someone out there is getting off on it. And if you say no limits, you're inviting all of that. Want your dick cut off and all four limbs cut off and being used as a body pillow? That's a limit. Yeah, most people that use that term I find are very new. Yeah. And they're basically, I find a lot of things a big turn on when I'm wanking. Yeah, try things. By all means, go out, arrange a session, find someone who's experienced in it, give it a go. You might enjoy it. You might really not enjoy it. Yeah. Don't say no limits in advance and then, you know, have to double back afterwards. Say, I have not tried this before, but it's something I'm really interested in. Could we give it a go, please? Or, I am very new and would like to try a selection of different things. However, I am still very new and don't know what I do and don't like, so please be patient with me. Exactly. People just need to go into things realising there's a big difference between a fantasy in your head and the reality of what that scene would actually be like. And then there's the even scarier ones who say no limits and mean it, and they want the 24-7 lifestyle with a really cruel, hard master, and it's... I've spoken to a few of them, and as far as I can tell, it's just because they're really, really unhappy with their life as it is now, and they just want that life to end. And I'm just sitting there thinking, you don't need a master You need a therapist. You need to go to a doctor and get some help because this isn't a healthy way of dealing with it. Yeah, it seems to be a sort of perverse, and perverse in both meanings of the word, a perverse um, ideal of a handsome prince taking them away from everything. Yes, we shall ride off into our castle and I shall be in the dungeon, tied up and waiting for you. Um, Yeah, sadly it doesn't work like that. No, it's not um, the Claiming or Sleeping Beauty books by Anne Rice. (sighs) (laughs) Fairy tales are always disturbing when you look at them. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it deserves its own episode, really, but my favourite one is um, the mistranslation of Cinderella's slipper. Oh, yeah, it's it's fur, isn't it? Yeah, a fur slipper, which is a euphemism for something. So Ah, uh, yes, your furry slipper. It's just the right size. Yes. The moral of Cinderella is to get a man to enjoy your furry slipper so much you won't want anyone else. <laughs> it's true. It's a story about how to land a good man. <laughs> Ladies, if you're listening, lady in the streets, freak in the sheets. It's what Cinderella wants you to do. Okay, fine. Moving on. Who else did you have? Uh, well, the Dom equivalent, who opens up with, how will you worship me, boy? And, you know, I expect 24-7 service and you to be collared first time we meet. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. Complaining about how faggots are far too independent these days and need a strong man to guide them or whatever. And, okay, there are people into that. Sure. Hell, I might be one of them with the right person. But, again, talk to people. Get to know them. Make sure that's what they want. Don't approach someone who says 90% top on their profile with hello boy. Well, those are people who have a specific fantasy about collaring a sir because it makes them feel bigger and more powerful. Ah yes, the straight boy fantasy. If you can top, if you can flip them, that means you're better. Yes, because it's a game of top trumps. I mean, we should state, we understand these are fantasies and they have complex things about masculinity and fantasies and ideals and archetypes. And we accept that. But we still find it fucking annoying. (laughs) Do you get the feeling both of us need reading glasses for this episode? Yes, viewer, please imagine us with huge, outrageous reading glasses on. Mine are bright pink. (laughs) Mine's a garish yellow, but shaped like a mermaid. (laughs) What? Okay, fine. I mean, I have been thinking about doing the whole mermaid beard thing. The, like, dyeing it red or blue or something. Yeah, nice, um, bright pastel blue. I can't picture that on you. Your beard is too short for me to imagine it a different colour. This is the trouble, I can't grow it long. I think we're digressing. Yes, yes. So, let's move away from profile-specific onto Tumblr-specific. Tumblr-specific, you've got the short stories, which are one paragraph long and all the same. Yes, and they're always... Faggots need to serve a man, and... Objects don't have any free will. Live to serve. And an alpha needs to be served. I, I'm really going to hate that term. An alpha. Be more creative, please. You've got this infinite medium right in front of you. Have more than one story. Have more than one sentence that you say. Sure, signatures at the bottom. Why not? That's what the note is for, so you can see who else has reblogged it. If you're going to start adding stories to pictures... Have more than one story, please. It's boring. Yeah, this is this is the thing I find so, and I hate to use this word because I really hate when people say it, offensive to me, is it's not... I mean, some people go on about how it's homophobic or degrading. Yeah, that's the point. It's taking it into a fantasy. The thing is, it's so goddamn repetitive and unimaginative. And that offends you? Yes. Being unimaginative and derivative does kind of offend me. And now I'm imagining you being played by Meryl Streep here. I'm okay with this. A meme about Meryl Streep? Groundbreaking. (laughs) (laughs) I also get slightly frustrated with um, people who just always add dad to things. And I get daddy boy. That's fine. That's a dynamic that, again, 
I quite enjoy with the right person. But someone added that to one of my ones, and I I was 24 in that picture. I, no, I'm not dad. I don't think I could legitimately be dad to a sexually active person, biologically speaking. Hello, daddy, I, I mean, I know it's a mindset and you get older boys and younger daddies. Visually, if you're just going by a visual medium, I do prefer there to be a certain distinguished age. At the very least, one where you could biologically be a father to someone who is sexually active. I got really taken aback by that one. Yeah, that that kind of came out of nowhere. You you in no way look like a daddy. Not in that picture, anyway. <laughs> oh, well. No. But, no, I mean, you get this so much on, um, like, video sites. Hmm. Where, like, they have them listed as daddy and boy. And it's just one's a bit bigger and hairier, but they're basically the same age. And it's... Well, this is in straight porn, too. You go from barely legal to MILF at the age of about 29, 30. And that's it. Those are the two archetypes that you can be. And it's something that I really hoped we would have moved away with in the gay world, especially the gay kinky world, because we've accepted inherently, by choosing to follow our specific Mm -hmm. kinks, that there is more than one way to enjoy sex. There are many ways. And we've picked out the very specific niches that we've gone for. So have more ideals than just big man, daddy, twink, jailbait. You know, be creative. Twink and jailbait are separate things? mm, (laughs) Debatable. I think so. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's just boring, and when you see it all over your Tumblr, especially on posts that have nothing to do with it, they've taken a very vanilla, very plain post and just tried to add that story to make it more interesting. Admittedly, I have to add the caveat, I've never had to write a story to go along with a picture. It's not something I'm any good at, and demanding creativity when I am so uncreative myself is hypocritical. So, by all means, anyone out there who is... having trouble writing a story, feel free to complain at me. You have legitimate grievance. Sure. I mean, I'd like to give it a go sometime just to see what I can do, just to give a more... Because I have run across pictures where they've got this big, long story, and it's really good. Yeah, those are amazing. I love those. If you can actually have a creative story where you've been inspired by a picture, that's brilliant. Share with me your sex. It's <laughs> Awesome. But if you're just going to write three sentences that are as uncreative and something that I could write in 10 seconds of effort, then I'm just going to skip it because I can guarantee you I know what you're going to say based on that picture. You're just adding a vague descriptive that lasts maybe three minutes into the past of the picture and then adds forever on the end afterwards. It's not entertaining it's not sexy no or at least not after the Mm -hmm. first 150 times anyway now shall we move on to personal people we've actually met on you know met or communicated with and they've turned out to be complete arseholes well how bitchy am i allowed to be because there's bad x one two and three one and three i met online does that still count yes although it helps if they're if you immediately after starting started talking to them, realise what a douchebag they Yeah, no, I realised far too late in all three cases. So never mind. Yes. Well, I mean, it happens everywhere I've got to the point where I'm like, I'm them. Yeah. Like, we moved away from uh, the 
cruising sites messenger which are often terrible mm. to something like skype or msn or hangouts and we got a back and forth going and they immediately start massively overstepping boundaries oh yeah that's happened to me a lot as well and again you can sort of see why you can sort of see that they're just expressing their own sexualities they're following their own kinks but you've reached a certain stage where you know what the other person's into you know what you're into and ideally you'd be following the common ground because that's just what you do and maybe gently pushing here and there if it's something that you think the other person's going to enjoy but to instantly shove as far as they have done with me at least it's jarring and it just makes me recoil backwards and go nope not interested. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, since we're, I'm going to be covering this topic later down the line, um, I have a hypnotism fetish. Yep, and, same. And we, there are sites, and the amount of people that try and basically use it for manipulation is insane. It doesn't work, because hypnotism, your self-preservation stays yeah. constant. But these idiots think they can try. Mm-hmm. And I've had someone, after a session, try and get me to keep it secret from my boyfriend. Which, oh. you know... Yeah, no. Yeah, that's... and that's like, block list. Block list. Yep. I've had one try to get me to move over immediately. That was, yeah, no. I've had one try to get me to leave friends. Again, no. Um, it's... Again, I can see why power transfer, fantasies, blah, blah, blah. But no, that's too far. You still have to remember that it's a human on the other side of this. It's not a clever bot that you can manipulate anytime you want sex. If you want an artificial relationship where you have literal, literally total control, write a computer program. Because that's about as close as you're going to get. Although, saying that, every sci-fi I've seen where they've done that, the computer eventually becomes sentient. <laughs> it never works out anyway, so just realize... How many sci-fi sentient sex bots? And I'm amazed I managed to say that first time. Have you seen? They're not sex bots specifically, but sort of um, AI had the gigolo. Um, humans, right now that creepy program on Channel 4, that's... I haven't seen it. Isn't any good. Um, it's alright. It's actually a remake of a Dutch program. Okay. Yeah. I have very little knowledge of Dutch TV. I couldn't tell you whether that's good or not. Uh, well, apparently it was award-winning. I only found oh, okay. out because I checked the Wikipedia article, and ah. it led to the whole plot of the Dutch series, which I'm guessing they're following. Probably. So I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go watch it, because they had an amazingly good advertising campaign. Cool. They basically had three adverts almost identical, apart from a couple of seconds on each one. And it's advertising their main model. Mm. And, like, after 9pm, they started juggling in about ones with a few hints. Like, it's saying, she'll be a parent, she'll be your maid, she'll be anything you want to be. Um, after the 9pm one, for about two seconds on the she'll be anything you want to be line, it shows the dad going into the bedroom with her and closing the door. Ah. Just a couple of seconds, blink and you'll miss it, but it adds in that sort of unease and so... Hmm. Yeah, it was cool. very clever. And that's your sponsorship deal for the day? We do need to get a sponsor from the show. I want proper equipment. <laughs> I deserve a microphone and a soundboard. Hold on, Christmas isn't that far away. <laughs> <sighs> 
So yeah, um, so we've done profile douchebags, we've done douchebags we met online. I would like to have a little bitch about a cer- some certain sites and their body policy for event photos. Go ahead. Okay, basically I've noticed this. At big ev- fetish events, the photographers take pictures of everyone. Yeah. And they're clearly into them, they clearly ask them because they want that specific person, and take tons of photos. Yeah, and it's brilliant. You get to see a genuine cross-section of humanity, especially within this particular kink. Then, certain sites, remaining nameless, um, when they post up their edited versions, it is mass- the same... Oh, it's often the same guy over and over again. Hmm. The several, same several guys they go back to who are hugely muscled or abs, who basically have a very narrow specific body type they're trying to push. Yeah, and subconsciously it does lead in because there have been times when I've been at some of those events and if the person who used to photograph me doesn't anymore, it makes me feel bad about myself because I'm like, has my body changed that much? Have I gotten that fat? Oh god, I'm ugly! Ah, I've got to go diet! Yeah, but... I mean, this plays into it. It's like a lot of our self-esteem nowadays is built into what we see. Mm. And the the annoying thing is, if you go back through the archives, this wasn't always the case. Mm. They used to include a lot more photos of a lot more people with a lot more different body types. And I'm guessing the editor or staff has changed and they've gone for a much stricter view of what sort of bodies they want to portray going to their events. Which, you know, I get it from a marketing perspective. You show... Oh, look at all these hot guys going to an event. Other hot guys like that will come. But, you know, I find bears attractive. And uh, last year's fetish week, the last year's um, rubber, there were tons of rubber bears, which I love, and are a very rare sight to see. Mm. And none of them got featured. It was the same six muscled guys. Really? Yeah. I'm just trying to think back to that um, event from last year and not think about just running around sticking ice cubes down people's backs because there wasn't any air conditioning. I seem to remember there being photographs of quite a lot of people. Did it just not make it to the site? Exactly. Tons of photographs was taken. Tons of video was taken of everyone of all body shapes and type, but the site only promoted um, yeah, yeah that, that specific type. Because you can go to the photographer's personal site and all the photos are up there. on re- No. No. I'll bleep that. On, on the website. On certain websites, um, you get this very narrow muscle twink, basically. Tattooed muscle twinks. That word is anathema in my head. You you can't have a muscle twink. Well, apparently in the States, a lot of people are using um, the term twonk. <laughs> twink hunk. No, in my head, that's just crunk. It's a drunk twink. No, my favorite one is um, twonk. Which is used to be a twink, used to be a twink, and has sort of got to that point where they're aging and still trying to capture their youth. Ah, uh, yes. Although the boyfriend and I referred to him as Watts was a twink, mm. and it's like, so you're starting to do Botox, bruh. Oh, it's sad that people are getting Botox at thirty. Mm. So, but anyway, anyway, so let's do a rundown of a list of things. If you're trying for writing your profile for any fetish site or cruising site. Let's do a rundown of things you should and shouldn't do in your profile creation. Okay, should. Your own fetishes, what you've tried, what you've enjoyed, what you're curious about. Yeah, don't just list what you're into, but also list your experience with it and um, what you'd like to do in the future, maybe. One thing that is kind of helpful for managing expectations is listing what 
gear you own yourself as opposed to what you have in your pictures. Because if you've got pictures where you've played with other people, yes, it's great, it's sexy, it's fun, but some people will expect you to have that gear, and it's useful to say that no, you don't, and don't get your hopes up, essentially. Mm-hmm. Next is don't bitch about people. It's just... It's not the place for it. Go get a live journal, and you can bitch to your heart's content. Get a Reddit and bitch to your heart's content. But your personal profile, you're trying to make people like you and meet you and show your good side. If all you're doing using doing is using that space to bitch and complain, and as we said, specifically, don't ever name and shame people, because that just makes you seem utterly, utterly petty. Mm. Okay. Um, if you have any specific fetishes for specific body types, by all means put those down, but put them down in the positive sense. Preferred body types, bears, muscle bears, redheads, whatever. Don't say, no, this. Say, preferred, this. It's It makes you seem slightly less negative. Hmm. Um, always have a decent Facebook. There are some cases where this is impossible. And, again, it's useful to stick that in um, somewhere in the text and have a Facebook in your hidden um, gallery. That way, if someone actually, if you show it to someone, then they have already contacted you. And so you can generally be sure that they're in the same boat fetish-wise and they aren't going to rat you out to human resources or whatever. Yeah, just make it clear that um, you can give a facial pic on demand. Yeah. That's fine. But it does set off alarm bells if someone isn't showing their face and will not show their face. If you're going to be showing pictures of other people in situations that you find hot, make sure that that folder is labelled as such. Things I want to try, that sort of thing. Because there is very little more disconcerting than being chatted up by yourself. That has happened to myself and a number of my friends, and it's genuinely disconcerting. The thing... I get the impression that's just used for wank fodder just because what's going to happen if they ever meet the person? You physically cannot go up to this person and say, this is me. You can't say it was a bad photo because it... <laughs> Again, you can use it as things I want to try, things I get off on, things that I absolutely love. My body type. Yeah, or the body type I prefer. Or... Yeah, use it as a method of displaying your fetishes, by all means. But don't try to pass it off as yourself unless it genuinely is you. Mm-hmm. And when chatting with people, try and leave the sirs and boys until further into the conversation. Remember, hello is a nice word. Use it. Mm. Further into the conversation. And how would you like me to refer to you? Yeah. It's a really, really customer service thing to say, and I'm trying my best to figure out a better way of saying it, but it's also good to just know what people prefer, because some people get off on different words and some people really are turned off by certain words i know some people who freak the hell out if you call them daddy i know some people who prefer boss over sir and i know some people who will freak the hell out if you call them boy regardless of whether that's as submissive slave or daddy boy yeah it's it's just nice to get to know a person before you actually get to the set mm. even if it's just briefly but it just shows you're a nice person who's approachable and you're not instantly wanting 24-7 submission. Mm. And again, a show of respect, sure, fine. But ask. It's It takes ten seconds and a few, type, few strokes on the keypad. It's easy to do, and it can make a world of difference. Talking to people, 
it's good for you. Yeah. Um. Anything we've missed so far? Um. Not that I can think of. So yeah, it's just be positive. Um. Speak honestly about yourself. Be not only list what you're into, but also why you're into it and what you want to get out of it and what you want to do further. You know, just give information for people. Hmm. And I mean, I really cannot stand photos where it's like about me and it's just ask me. Well, yeah, I get the intention. You want to start a conversation, actually get to know you, but it's a sort of... Well, just imagine that someone has said, so, tell me a bit about yourself. Have a think and say, okay, this is who I am, this is what I like, this is what I do in my spare time, this is as vague a possible thing that I can say for about myself while still, you know, talking about myself. Yeah, and you can also find people that maybe wouldn't have talked to you before, but because you have a common interest, you know, that creates um, something in common to grow a friendship on, or a relationship, or a fuck buddy, or... Mm. Like, you know, I've met a lot of people by saying, I'm a geek, and I list, as well as all my fetishes, I also list, like, my TV shows and fandoms, what I'm into, and I meet people that way, because people want to talk about those things. Yeah. And there's a huge, huge crossover crossover between fetishists and geeks seriously well i still think that that's probably because of the online factor you've got to have a certain level of technical knowledge to be able to use the internet find the website set up a profile take pictures of yourself mm-hmm. upload pictures of yourself talk about yourself in a personal ad that's longer than the ones from the old newspaper days and so if you've got that much technical experience and that much confidence to use the internet you've probably also used the internet for things that are stereotypically geeky you've looked at youtube videos you've read comics you've laughed at memes you've experienced a bit more of the internet and so you can can probably relate to other geeks as well. I There is a crossover, definitely, but I have a feeling it's just because you're on the internet more. Indeed. So it's basically, don't be a douchebag. Just try and be a nice person, be respectful and be considerate. Yeah. That, that's all you really need to do online and you'll get far. Um, so now on to our second topic. After showing you how bitchy and judgmental we are, we're going to try and get you to come see us and like us. Because now... Um, I want to talk about um, the masterclasses at the London Eagle and um, now being run by the Wolfpack. Yeah, so it used to be run by Dolan Wolf, but he has decided to find his prince and run off to America and live in a castle in the dungeon and have lots of boys or something along those lines. It's very difficult to tell, but he has disappeared and so it's now being run by his once glamorous assistants. Um, it's myself and two others, Dash and Ox, and and together we have called ourselves Dolan's Wolves, because we're really uncreative. Um, and now our Twitter account is the London Wolfpack. So every month we meet up at the Eagle and we just do some teaching. This month we did a lot of bondage. It coincided with the Masterclass which was the official event um, with Recon for London Fetish Week. And it was really popular and it was really well received. We had loads of people trying out stuff that we were teaching in the front rows. And by the end of the night, everyone had had a very good show. They'd been thoroughly entertained. We had a good hundred or so people just Mm -hmm. watching for the first hour or two. So, yeah, come along. You might learn something fun. And if not... You can just meet us and talk about how bitchy we are and how we need to calm down. Yeah, I mean, it's basically just 
um, to help grow a basic skill set and maybe if you get people to try things maybe they hadn't considered before. I mean, as well as bondage, um, the previous class had a flogging session, which was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, we've done predicament bondage, we've done flogging, we've done... Um... How to use a chair. <laughs> that was the subject of it, and it's actually quite useful, because you went through all the different bondage styles you can do to a plain kitchen chair. Yeah, you can get very creative if you try. Um, we've done basics of power transfer relationships... We've done quite a few things. Um, coming up soon, we're going to be doing sounding and catheterization, which I have to say I'm going to be interested to see. I've tried sounding once, um, and I've never seen a catheterization done outside of, you know, a medical setting. So it's going to be very interesting. Come along. Yeah. I'll be learning something, so hopefully you will as well. I mean, this is the thing. I doubt a lot of people know where to go to learn about things like catheterization and sounding. So it is a really good resource for people. Plus, it's at a bar, it's very social, you can have a drink. Yeah, it's like £5 to enter, so it's not even an expensive cover charge. And if you enjoy yourself enough, there's a dark room too, you can enjoy yourself there. Exactly. It's a fun night for everyone. <laughs> I was going to say all the family then, but um, no, no. The leather family. That'll all the do. leather family. Cool. Um, we've got a little bit of time left, so let's... Random subjects? Okay, go for it. Um, Did you have something in mind? Well, apparently Dr. Chris... Is it Jepson? The guy off of Embarrassing Bodies? Uh, I always thought of him as Dr. Christian. I think it's Jepson. Yeah. Well, basically, he got caught on Grinder advertising and chatting for um, chemsex. Really? Yep. Apparently, methadone, meth, and is it, it's not GBH, GHB. I will take this with a grain of salt. I've seen him around in um, Waterloo. Uh, he used to go to the, the same gym that I did. Um, but, yeah, he's he spent time in the place where lots of gays who do that spend time. That's as much corroborating evidence as I have. However... Also, I find it slightly difficult to believe that someone who has that much medical knowledge is going to let themselves do things they know are that damaging. So I'm taking this with a grain of salt, and if he go comes forward to confess later, great. If not, I'm going to assume it was some sort of impersonator profile. Now, this is a story I read off um, the internet. So obviously... You need to verify your sources. Not everything on the internet is true. However, it did say it was given a press release which said um, it was just sexy chat and he had no intention of actually doing anything. Ah. So... I shall need to look this up further. Yes. Again, is the internet. Don't believe everything you read. It could be entirely manufactured. Um, yeah, but it's just interesting because I do want to do an episode on chemsex. Uh, I will probably not be able to help you there. I have no experience in that world. No, we do have a friend who's a neuroscientist, or studying to be one, who specialises in addiction and effects of drugs on the brain. Yeah, let's invite him instead. Yes, uh, there'll be one coming up. Um, we're just trying to work out schedules, and yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting one. Because, let's face it, it is one of the big issues in the gay community right now. I'm pretty certain it always has been, in one form or another. Yeah, and here's the thing, I'm a very libertarian thing, a libertarian kind of person, it's sort of... Your life, your body, what you want to do is fine. Hmm. I take issues with crystal meth just because it's stupid. It's, it, you... it's 
horribly destructive compared to other drugs. If you're gonna start taking chemical helpers, there are safer ones, there are more damaging ones. I personally can't condone most of them, but that's just because I've only learnt the bad sides of them, and I've only experienced the bad sides of them. I've seen what they do to people's lives, and it I don't see how any amount of sex can be worth it. But I have never experienced the positive aspects of it. I've never experienced the pleasure of it. And judging by how many people continue to do it, it must still be pretty fun, so... Yeah, uh... I mean... Some people do have the personality where they can just do it once in a blue moon, and that's fine. And they keep it at that. Other people just want more and more and more and spiral down. It's If you have a look at my Steam library, you will see quite how suggestible and quite how addictive my personality is. The amount of times I've gone, Ooh, look! Shiny thing! I want to try that. It's very poor sign for how I would deal with drugs, so I just have to keep a very straight-edge view on this. Yeah, again, it's it's basically how smart are you, and how well can you control yourself? Yep, and for all my powers of chastity self-control, I don't trust myself with drugs. No, exactly. It's, again, it's, I also want to do one on um, steroids. Hmm. Because I think that's a very interesting, because obviously they're quite big in the gay community, because, you know, muscle, and I will at some point, again, doing the niche fetish thing, go into muscle growth. Yep. And, you know, some people just have a whole fetish of making someone as huge as they can be. And who would get off on that? Um, <coughs> no! <coughs> <laughs> we have someone in the audience waving. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, and some people do actually fetishise steroids. Yeah. I mean, oh, what's the porn star who, on his personal site, actually sells videos of him injecting himself? Could not tell you. I think it's Colton Ford. Again, I'll have to double-check that. This is an internet. Check your sources. Hmm. But one of them actually sells it as a selling point. I mean, yeah. I wonder if Tim Treasure Island Media might start doing that. Because they're going to need a new taboo soon. Uh, it, this is... I'm... Uh... Tim's very interesting because they made their money on being on the whole bareback taboo thing. Then it sort of became a big thing in porn in general and they lost the edge. So they started going on to things like drugs. Again, going full circle back to chemsex. Filming chemsex. And that's their new taboo they're pushing because taboos make them money. I know too many people who work for this company. I can't talk about it without disparaging my friends and what they are creating. It is Rule 34, and by objectivist philosophy, which, you know, apparently is real now, if there's a market, the free market will create something to fill that niche. And so good for them, I guess? This is the... I don't personally enjoy this at all, so I will leave it to the people who do. I... This is the thing. From a cold, logical perspective, they're a very good marketing company. They know what people want, and the people that run it um, are very smart people. Yes, that's the... I'm personally horrified by it, but that's just because all of my sex education came from porn. I went to a school where our sex ed was just the diseases and how to use a condom. I had no idea what to do sexually how to do sexually, anything like that, until I started watching porn. And that's where I learnt. I'd learn from stories, I'd learn from videos, I'd learn from pictures. And 
if there are other people who are in my situation who are seeing Tim and thinking this is what's normal, then they're getting, then they're going to be at higher risk of far more damaging practices in the future. And that personally scares me. But capitalism has won. And so it's going to happen regardless of what I think. So I'm just going to have to deal with it somehow. I mean, there's also the argument that, um, being the fedora-wearing devil's advocate... By all means. Case, it is basically, it's not porn's purpose to educate. It's porn's purpose to fulfil personal fantasy. Then someone needs to educate. Exactly. But it's not porn's job. Well, no, it isn't porn's job, but it's what porn's doing. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying you're wrong, because that is a point, it's... It's not what porn's meant for, but it's what's happening. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not what porn was designed for. No. If you're there to fulfil fantasies, great, fulfil fantasies. If you're there to document sex, which is the worst possible excuse for fulfilling fantasies you know are damaging to the people you're filming, then go for it. That's what you want to do. The free market will decide whether or not it's something you should do. I... Uh... I'm far too moralistic, and I know that that's wrong because I am also... I also know that what I do is weird, and therefore I can't afford to be moralistic. Well, I, I don't think it's moralistic, it's ethics, which are different because ethics you basically base on ramifications, not um, predisposition. The th and mine always has been, does it hurt other people, and are they in the right mind to agree to hurting themselves in certain ways? Well... Yeah, it's consent, and it's informed consent, and... I mean, you can argue... They knew what they were doing. Every single person involved, every step of the way, knew exactly what they were going to be doing to themselves, so... Yes, by all means, do it. But, on the flip side, again, playing devil's advocate, it's... Porn creates a cultural narrative. Mm -hmm. Is it creating a very toxic cultural narrative? Which will then, like you said, our arguments have flipped, like... Will it tempt people into doing more dangerous stuff when they should have been more careful? And again, is that porn's job to be conscious of this, or is it just there to fulfil a fantasy that's already there? You see, I personally like the um, kink.com style things where they have the sofa afterwards where everyone is supposedly out of character and is supposedly talking about how, yes, despite all of the acting up, they did indeed enjoy what was going on and they did indeed consent to it. And how you drop the fantasy for a bit and you explain the reality of the situation. Now, I know from people that I've spoken to that sometimes you are still a little bit in character in that, in that situation. Um, because you don't get paid until afterwards. Um, but still, that, that means a lot to me because again, it's how I learnt. It's how I learnt the difference between the fantasies of sex and no, this, you're still humans afterwards, and before, and aftercare is important. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, there was an old porn back from the 90s days of Huge Budgets, mm. which was very lavish, and it was sort of an anthology, and it was introduced by a drag queen, who gave a long talk about safe sex. Really? Yeah, before the actual porn started, and I was like, okay, and it was all very big, very theatrical, very... <laughs> if you can find this, I would love to see it. That sounds like fun to me. Yeah, but it came from the 90s era of huge budgeted porn, hmm. which I kind of miss because I like the Circus Trilogy. Do you ever watch that? Never Basically, heard of it. Basically, there was Fun Ground, Circus, 
now it's another one. And one of them was the first ones to feature Buck Angel in the mainstream porn as the circus strongman. Ah, cool. And it had Francois Sagat as a clown, as well as two dedicated clown fetishists. Okay, now I need to see this, if only for those two. And it also had a stroll-up fun uh, fairground thing of a human punch bag. It was utterly fake. You could see them doing the wrestler thing of stamping the floor when they pretended to hit the guy. Of course. But, yeah, it, they basically tried to mix in as many different fetishes as they could into, like, this fun fair thing. Cool. And there was a trilogy of them, and I really need to find them again. I will need to look as well. This yeah. this sounds like fun, and it sounds like the sort of thing I'd have enjoyed. Indeed. Well, that can be another episode down the line. Um, when Digging not... up the ancient porn. <laughs> yes. I love internet archaeology. I, if I... any of you are ever bored, go onto your email account... And just click back five years, ten years, and see what was important to you back then. It's really interesting. Oh, I've done that when I've gone through my MySpace archive. Oh, wow. I mean, it took me a whole afternoon to get back into MySpace, because both my email and my password have changed. <laughs> but I did. It's actually quite well laid out nowadays. It, really? Yeah, it's actually... I didn't realise the site was still alive. Yeah, Justin Timberlake bought it. What? Yeah, because they try to do it the whole niche for music. Oh, yeah. But it's actually very well laid out, very nice user interface, but no one goes to MySpace anymore. <laughs> Period. You can't turn back the clock. I, I wonder if Facebook's going to go the same way eventually. Eventually, but Facebook's got a lot of staying power because it stays quite entrenched with um, people's social circles. Hmm. Trouble with social sites is you have to transplant your entire social circle social circle at once otherwise it will fail and people just move back to facebook this is why google plus fail yeah or hello or elo everyone was getting excited about elo but not enough people moved over at once to make it worthwhile Mm. but everyone moved over at once to facebook from like bebo and myspace from back in the day so it can be done it's just you know it hasn't yet well a lot of younger people are moving away from Facebook to Twitter. Hmm. Facebook's becoming your parents' social website. Yeah, and then a lot of people are moving from Twitter to Instagram. I mean, Twitter itself is having to lay off dozens of people, so... Plus, more private social networks like Snapchat and WhatsApp are gaining them a lot of ground. Well, let's enjoy them while we can. The good old UK government... You've heard about this, right? Yes, yes. The UK government is trying to ban encryption, which will not work. Although, saying that, they have recently banned cups of tea. I I do wonder how long this government is going to last. We've So far, we've managed to ban any porn that involves face-sitting, any porn that involves nipple-tweaking, any porn that involves female at- ejaculation. We've made it so that the internet requires you to actively write a letter to your internet service provider if you want to access anything adult. This includes, thanks to how terrible our filters are, any site which sells rapeseed oil, because guess what that contains? And now we've banned all chemicals that can bring you pleasure and all plants that can bring you pleasure or change your state of mind. Yeah, what's the basic term? Anything, any substance that has a psychoactive effect, which is pretty much anything that goes into your body. I feel very bad when I don't have air. And when I do have air, when I haven't had it for a little while, it makes me feel good. Does that mean I'm, by breathing, I'm breaking that law? Yes. Although... 
What's interesting is they do have clauses for um, societal acceptability. So if they're, so say, alcohol, it's specifically written alcohol and smoking will not be covered by this. So it does leave room that you can argue if something's been used long enough and by more, m- enough people, it should also be included. Uh, I, I do despair at poor law writing, but oh well, we'll wait for it to get through the courts. Yeah. <sighs> so yes. Um, we're just coming up to an hour, so I think that's um, long enough. Cool. And next week, um, we'll be back with talking about a natural fetish. Yay! Um, again, possibly um, with our neuroscientist friend about chemsex. Although, there are a few others on the horizon which I'm trying to get together. So we'll see. Cool. Looking forward to it. Yes. And goodbye from me. And from me. Fare thee well. Hi folks, Craig here. Um, I just wanted to say, if you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, please contact us at kinkboyspodcast, one word, at gmail.com. That's kinkboyspodcast at gmail.com for any questions you may have for us, suggestions on show topics, or even just to share your experiences. Thanks, and hope you enjoy listening.